fun. Bridget's going to be live with us. All right. <laughs> All right, Katerina. Are we live? Are we live? Good. It's about to tell me that we are um, on Facebook. Yes. Great. So maybe, Jen, you can tell us what humanizing the icon is. What is humanizing the icon? Yeah. Um, so humanizing the icon is actually a movement that was born out of um, the making of the Mary Pickford project. Humanizing the icon is. Oh. I what is humanizing the icon? Oh, yeah. I hear the echo. I muted. <laughs> so make sure Facebook's muted. Okay. Um, so humanizing the icon is really uh, an exploration of fame and icon. And it was started with the Mary Pickford project because she was the very first, you know, pop culture icon known in uh, American cinema, the first America sweetheart. And so we deconstruct icon and fame and idolization and all of that. Uh, it was actually an exhibit that I curated at the Venice Biennale too with artwork from the Mary Pickford project as well as other artists uh, pertaining to the theme. So it's kind of a paradigm that we're, you know, deep diving into. And today you're launching the three episodes of the web series. Can you explain a little bit more how that came about? Yeah, so, you know, it's a movie that um, is really relevant in, in terms of all the different themes running through it. Uh, Mary Pickford's story deals with empowerment and femininity and artists uniting, and it's called Why Not Choose Love? So it's about love instead of fear. Um, so it feels really relevant and I, I, I really want it to be available to people, you know? So also um, it's strategy for the film and just for the whole project to, to be able to market it to people in a way and like make it available to them. So we've actually um, cut our movie into webisodes and now we have a movie and a web series. And so today is Mary Pickford's uh, death anniversary and we thought we would honor her by releasing the content and see what this new landscape is all about, right? With like this digital era and like, it's kind of catalyzed through this coronavirus thing, like, but we were headed there anyway, I think, don't you? I don't know if you had that idea of the web series before. I think it might have happened during the whole lockdown and during the fact that, you know, things are changing so quickly. When did the idea came to you and how did you start working on that? Well, I thought about it before that I sounded crazy to my producers, you know, in terms of having it be webisodes. It's just that now through the pandemic, I don't sound crazy because it's kind of what you have to do. You kind of have to be open to this new to this changing tide, which I feel like was already changing. So it crystallized in the last couple months, but it's kind of an urge I had even before 
because we shot the movie as vignettes. So it works so well as episodes. So it's, it's exciting. And talking about Hollywood and filmmaking, what do you think is your, sorry, I'm changing location because the darkness <laughs> <has> arrived. <laughs> They're so loud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks so beautiful there. I feel like you live on a ground or something. It's louder in there than it was outside. What, what is the noise? It's like it looks like it might be coming from Sarah. Yeah. It looks like Sarah's um, square is lighting up whenever you're she's... hearing her speak. Okay. Oh, there we go. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> oh, you muted her. Good job. You got the controls. <laughs> what, uh, Katarina, what was your question? Well, I wanted to come to the aspect of independent filmmaking and what you're trying to bring back with this film, with your style, with your way of doing things to Hollywood in general in terms of change. What's the question? <laughs> what would you change if you had the power to make all the changes now in Hollywood that you could? In Hollywood. So do you yeah. mean the industry or? I mean the industry right now and I mean the possibilities for independent filmmaking or the things that are, you know, how they function now. What do you think would you change? Or what do you think Mary would change? <laughs> I just think that like, for me, a world where artists are really embraced um, and not sort of made to feel like it's weird to have a vision in a, in a way that it's maybe provoking or kind of pushing the medium, you know, whether it deals with certain issues that pertain to the social zeitgeist. We talk a lot about gender and um, race and different you know sex of the population that's like one way in which we should all be embraced but I think when you say artist with a capital a you know it kind of means everyone and so I just wish that we would have a world where we could create and have a voice and not feel like we have to dumb things down or um dilute the message you know in order to sell something or make it more accessible you know but for a vision to really be honored in its pure form like that that's what mary pickford stood for and that's something that i absolutely do you know so how do you think got it lost how do you think all this memory about um the strong female figure and like her vision got lost and diluted throughout the years of filmmaking? Um, I mean, I think it became an, an industry. It became a money-making device. And so when things become a money-making device, the, there's a certain aspect of the soul that kind of gets a bit lost or seems to become a bit 
confused. And I think that's what happened, you know? And I don't blame anyone because I think there were immigrants and, and people going through really, really tough situations in their lives that came into this industry, you know, early on that were trying to support their families and trying to make a life for themselves. And so I'm not saying that it's bad, but I think some of the values and, and creative integrity and, and soul of like the art form got lost in the, in the, in the building of the machines, you know, and also a celebrity with fame too, you know. And um, just like coming back to to Mary, to like how that story found you. I know because of friends that there were a lot of synchronicities surrounding that. Could give some examples of those moments um, and those magical moments that happened to you that told you to stay on that course and to go along with that vision. Um, I mean, the way I discovered her was, you know, in an art exhibit and there's like so many ways you could discover her. But for me, of course, it being an art exhibit was already just kind of surreal because she wanted to be remembered as an artist. And so many people thought of her as a pioneer and as a moneymaker. So I'm really glad I found her in an exhibit. And that was like really magical, you know, because I didn't know there was a woman who was behind the whole construct of Hollywood. And it was this kind of love at first sight feeling when I discovered her, like, I have to tell that story. I have to make sure people get to know about her. Um, and then as I fell deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole, it was just a, con a constant like unveiling of the depth of her, you know, as a spiritual being, as an artistic being, as someone that's a role model. It's hard to even point to moments. There's just been so many of these incredible moments that are so potent where I'm just realizing that this is a gift to humanity. I mean, she's a human. She went through lots of trials and tribulations. It's not about putting her up on a pedestal or painting any kind of sensational picture of her it's just like what she represents as a visionary as an integrated being embracing her masculine and her feminine side and someone who stood up for artists her whole life it's really powerful to me i mean what i really find fascinating is that you kind of know about her and of her but you don't really i personally didn't know so many details and you know and and it didn't have such a big impact after you started telling me the story even before you made the movie mm -hmm. how was that impact on you to find out about her because you also you know after studying her life and more and more you changed with it as well can you explain that a little bit like how I evolved with the story or? How uh, her story impacted you mm -hmm. as a female filmmaker and how it empowered you. Mm -hmm. How important it is to um, have uh, 
a powerful vision of someone and how that opened you up to many more things that you want to do right now? Yeah, I think it empowered me to just feel like a sense of, I don't have to create something that never existed. My role is just unveiling the root. And that's really a lot less work almost in a way. I mean, it's still a lot of work, but it's like when people are talking about something as simple as a, a, a gender pay gap, which maybe it's not simple or it seems simple, I don't know. But at least you're not saying, how do we create something that never existed before? You can point to a time when it did. She... Mm -hmm earned more than her male counterparts she made equal to her male counterparts so you're kind of looking at it going if we can just kind of go to this one place in time not that it's the same now because it's not but at least if we can look at that as like a prototype and say okay what was different there that's empowering well what was different mary pickford commanded her worth right she negotiated her own contracts. So you're kind of like looking at it going, do I negotiate my own contracts? Or do I have an agent, a lawyer, of this person and that person? And I don't really know what's going on. Oh, okay. Maybe that's the difference. So is mm -hmm. it really about the body that you're in? Maybe yes, maybe no. I'm not saying I know. But maybe there's more tangible steps that you're able to actually take when you look at it and go, oh, maybe if I just have more of a grasp on what's going on over there. Because maybe as an artist, a director, I'm just kind of being blind. And then I'm sort of coming out from behind the curtain and saying, I should earn the 